Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 186 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. My name is Byron. I'm here with Gary. Gary, I got to say right away, I've got a slight cold. <laughs> well, yeah, I can hear it in your voice here, and uh, you know, I'm ready for another show. I can't wait to uh, get pranked this show like it seems like I'm always doing and to be the butt of all the jokes, so I'm really excited. Yeah, Gary, uh, no pranks scheduled, but I wouldn't. That's what I would say even if I had one. But we've Yeah, got- <laughs> you, you expect me to believe that. <laughs> we do have a great show scheduled. We have Connor DeAngelis coming up. He's a blue belt out of Autos. We had Dominique Bell on the show, and he was he gave him a strong recommendation. Hey, you got to interview this guy. He's up and coming. He's really hungry. He's really tearing it up on the tournament scene. And uh, yeah, definitely a fun interview. It's good to get different perspectives. We get perspectives from coaches. We get perspectives from athletes, uh, black belts, elite level. And then, you know, anybody else who has a different story, we like that. And and sometimes it's fun to to dip down into the color belt divisions and see what's going on there. So a fun interview with Connor. Yeah, he may be a a blue belt, but uh, from what I've seen, he's just uh, tearing everybody up. It doesn't matter what color your belt is. So, uh, you know, he's an incredible competitor and he's going to, you know, offer a lot to our listeners today. Absolutely. So it'll be uh, good times coming up in just a little bit. But right now, I want to tell you about our email list. Go to bjjbrick.com or our Facebook page and put in your name and email address, and we'll send you out the show notes every week. So you can get the you know, like the links to Connor DeAngelis' uh, you know, social media accounts and that sort of thing, and a link to the uh, article of the week and have the quote in your inbox. So it's all there, and just a reminder as well that the show has come out, and you should check it out. So uh, that's all our email list really does right now, but uh, it comes out every week. Yep, our email list definitely helps keep this show afloat. And another way to keep this show afloat is uh, with Byron's audiobook. It's called Your First Year in BJJ. It's two and a half hours of content guiding you through your first year. Uh, basically, what we want to do is grow jujitsu. And it seems like a lot of the people you know, quit during the first year. We want to grow jujitsu. We want people enjoying it. We want people training for years and years to come. And uh, that was the uh, uh, the reason behind the behind the audiobook and basically it takes you through everything from the benefits of jiu-jitsu to uh preparing for your first tournament and and what moves to work on i mean a lot of times it's probably not a smart to work on flying triangles or or barren bolas in your first couple months um so basically it's just uh, trying to flatten your learning curve so definitely check it down out uh two and a half hours of content only eleven dollars and 99 cents and we have a link to it on the show notes and all the money from the book goes to support this show that's true, Gary, and, and a big thank you to everybody who's purchased a book. It really means a lot to us. Yep, so thank you, guys. Uh, hey, we've got an awesome quote this week from uh, Pat Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson's mom. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, it could be Mike Tyson's mom. It could be. Um, yeah, and I guess Pat Tyson is a runner here. Um, and what Pat says is, number one is just to gain a passion for running, to love the morning, to love the trail, to love the pace on the track and if some kid gets really good at it that's cool too and you know that's a it's basically just having fun uh having a passion for your sport you you have fun doing it you 
you love the process, you love the activity, you love everything that goes with it. And, you know, if you get good at it, that's even better. But, uh, you know, it's a sport. We want to have fun. Sports supposed to be fun. That's the reason we're doing it. Jiu-Jitsu is, uh, if it's not fun, I'm not going to be doing it. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, it's a, it's a kind of cool quote there from uh, Mike Tyson's mom. <laughs> Actually, Gary, as you were talking about that, I googled Pat Tyson and running. Uh, it's a sir, not a ma'am. And uh, he's one of the best, most successful cross-country co- coaches in the United States at oh, uh, Gonzaga awesome. University. Okay, the Zags. Go Zags. So yeah, that I think that speaks a lot to jujitsu. If you in, it, you're not going to become really that good at jujitsu if you don't like it or love it. The reason being is you won't stick with it. You know, you could grind through it and 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 force yourself to go through a month or two or even a year, but life throws hurdles at you. And if you don't have that love pulling you back, you know, if if you know you go through maybe a few months of I have to work a ton of overtime this week, or you know during finals at school, or you know you have a, something with your family going on to pulls you away from the mats, you need to if you've fell in love with jujitsu, you'll be back when the time allows. But if you kind of have just been doing it because you want to be you know good at jujitsu and you don't really enjoy the process, ultimately you'll kind of drop out. And that's uh, and that's unfortunate, but you need to uh, kind of realize that while you're training. If your main, if your goal is to get really good at it, enjoy the process, and long term you'll get good at it. That's been what I've seen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you definitely need to enjoy it, and you know, like like you said there, if uh, if you enjoy it, you're going to do a lot better. You're going to show up a lot more, and uh, it's you can have a smile on your face i know we talk about that all the time let's uh, we want to roll and uh, you know have smiles on our face even when we're in an uncomfortable position that means we're enjoying it yeah so definitely uh, great advice there by uh, mr pat tyson mike's uh, first cousin <laughs> yep and you know the interview is coming up in just a few seconds here notice uh, you know connor DeAngelis's uh, passion and joy and love for jiu-jitsu and really you know that makes you kind of realize he's gonna be doing this for a long time he's not gonna you know, quit jiu-jitsu when he, if he loses a tournament or, you know, gets a big disappointment or, you know, gets an injury and has to sit off the mats for a while, he'll be back. He loves this game and he'll be back. Uh, hopefully nothing like that happens to the guy, but uh, yeah, people, you know, a lot of people get some hurdles in the road. If you don't love it, you end up quitting. So uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great quote taken from the running world, moved right into the jiu-jitsu world. So that being said, let's go ahead and roll the interview with Connor DeAngelis. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. He's only been shot once, but it was by MacGyver. MacGyver said he was out of options. He once had an accidental encounter and wounded a tiger. After the tiger was forced to tap verbally from a toehold, the tiger was healed. He remains to this day the only person living or dead to catch a tiger by the toe. The tiger paid him $50 for his medical efforts. If you come at him with 110% effort, he will put you in 50-50 guard. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Darren Connor DeAngelis to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I actually uh, I actually go by Connor, not because I like that name better, but... It's 
That's what everybody calls you. We'll call you yeah, Connor yeah. today. Okay, that's good All to right. know. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on here. Connor, you come as a strong recommendation from our, just a, a past guest, Dominique Bell. We had a, a few weeks back, and he's like, you got to interview this guy. He's really doing amazing things. And uh, in, with a recommendation like that, I'm happy to get you on the phone today. Awesome. He's a great guy, so thank you so much. Uh, Connor, just introduce us a little bit to yourself, kind of uh, who you are, where you're training, and what got you started in jiu-jitsu. My name is Connor DeAngelis, and uh, I started uh, I started training in South Carolina. My brother, uh, he actually, I was, first, first I started uh, playing soccer. I was playing soccer since I was five, and I'm 20 now. And I played soccer since I, until I was 16. I was getting really burned out from like, you know, like negative coaches and just like, I don't know, coaches yelling at you. And I just wasn't a fan of it. So I got really burned out. And I saw my brother. He was uh, he was training Muay Thai and like jiu-jitsu at a really, really small gym. I was like, oh, I might as well give it a try. I don't, I don't have anything to do. And I like to be competitive in like whatever I do. So I, I tried it. And I tried jujitsu class, and it, I liked how it was so technical and like cool. And so I uh, immediately I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop soccer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find a big gym and I'm gonna train there. So then I ended up training at uh, Alliance in Greenville, which is a super good gym. I'd recommend it to anyone. And uh, the instructor there is also really cool. Uh, his name's Rafael Hazindo. He still supports me to this day. And um, so I trained there for about two years. And then I, I realized that, like, my training partners there, they were, they were very good, but uh, I needed more, you know, I needed more training, harder training. And so I moved to Atos, uh, Atos Jiu-Jitsu HQ here in San Diego about two years ago, actually. And uh, everything's been good ever since, and I've been winning a lot of titles, and just really awesome. How long have you been training before you decided to move and take your jiu-jitsu a little more seriously, maybe? I always I always took my jiu-jitsu very seriously. Like, from day one, I, I trained twice a day, and I, I uh, like, tried everything, everything extra that I could do. I could, I could ask, like, I didn't exactly take privates, but because I was a young kid, I was 16, uh, like, people were always willing to, like, help me on the side. So that was really nice. And so after two years... I, I decided, like, I want to do this bigger. So, so then I moved to San Diego. And what was that like, kind of, as a young man, uh, packing up your stuff and, and moving across the country to train jiu-jitsu? <sighs> it was pretty tough because, uh, like, I have a, a good, a really good relationship with both my mom and dad. And um, and it was tough leaving them, for sure. And I had never been, like, on my own. Of course, I've been to, like, soccer camps and stuff where you're away for a week. But, uh it was tough and it's still tough, but like, just like the training, like keeps me here, you know? So it's nice. It's tough, but it's, it's definitely worth it. And you're doing this, uh, full time. Uh, currently, uh, you could say that I also do online school, but, uh, it doesn't interrupt my training in any way. So yeah, for sure. Full time. Cool. That's the beauty of uh, online school. It's really at your, whatever time you're available for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just exactly. curious, what are you studying, Connor? Um, I'm kind of like, uh, you could say, trying a few things out. And so currently I'm trying a, a marketing class and a business class just because I've been like, I've, I've been suggested by people like Dom and other people 
because like maybe in the future you want to own a gym to like do these classes. But currently I'm not enjoying the classes in any way, shape or form, but uh, maybe in the future. Yeah, it's not uh, the beauty of jujitsu is, and I think you found it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So even when it's when it's tough and you have to you know work hard, it's uh-huh. enjoyable. Uh, or yeah. most people can make, or some people can make it enjoyable, and that's what you've been able to do. But uh, some of those classes sound like they're they're not necessarily that fun. So yeah, uh, exactly makes it a little bit harder to study, but doesn't mean it's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Well, cool. You've uh, moved there a couple of years ago. What's training like? You said you train twice a day. Uh huh. I I uh, currently I train uh, twice a day. Uh, the competition class in the morning. Normally, a lot of times I drill. Sometimes with Dom from, I would say, like nine thirty to ten thirty. Competition class starts at ten forty-five, which is just like basically straight rolling. Excuse me. We roll for about uh, an hour, hour fifteen sometimes, hour twenty, um, and then we go home, eat, rest. Then I'll I may do some online school or something. And then, uh, and then go back to training at night around six. And then in between that, I try to, I try to, I, I'm not a huge fan of lifting, but I, I try to lift about, uh, two times a week. I try to do it sometimes on Tuesday and then once on the weekends, just however I'm feeling. But, uh, yeah, basically that's my schedule every day. Are you running into a similar thing with lifting kind of with school? It's not as enjoyable, so it's not. Yeah, uh... <laughs> without a doubt. But, uh, currently, which is like very new is uh, we're starting these team lifts um, at a at a really nice gym and with these two coaches that actually train jujitsu as well. We're doing like a team lifting session that we just started this week um, with like fifteen guys from Atos and we're all lifting together and it's actually a lot of fun. So that's, Has, that's a have you noticed a big difference with adding the lifting even twice a week with your performance on the mat? Um. I can't really say that I have, but what I, what I like to think I take away from it is injury prevention. Um, cause I actually have a friend who, uh, Andres Pernaskis, uh, one of the black belts at Atos, like you go to the gym, meaning like the lifting gym and man, he can't, he's not, he's not the strongest guy. Like he can, he can do, he can do some, but like he's not the strongest guy. But man, when you go to Jiu-Jitsu gym, he is so strong. His pulling, his his pushing, everything is so strong. And I don't know if they correlate as much as everyone else thinks they do. What kind of uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. What kind of lifts are you guys doing? Um, currently, uh, we do mostly the the main three: uh, deadlifting, benching, and squatting. But then we throw in like a few like. Uh, I guess you could say sports specific lifts, uh, like pull ups, which isn't really a lift, but it's a good exercise. And then, um, just little things like that. You said, uh, you played soccer. That was, that was uh-huh. what you did. did yeah, no yeah. time wrestling or anything like that, any other martial um, arts before this? Actually, I, uh, after I started jujitsu, um, I did wrestle my senior year of high school. Uh, just for one, just for one, uh, one year, just to try it out. And I'd already had about a year and a half in jiu-jitsu, so I thought oh, I might as well try it, you know. Which went, it went well. Um, uh, yeah, it went well. I, it was really tough to to do both jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Uh, my schedule would be 
I would go to school in the morning, and my school was very uh, strict, so I wasn't allowed as a senior to go in and out whenever I wanted to, like a lot of schools allow. So I had to stay at school all day to 3, 3 p.m., and then I would go straight to wrestling practice after school, and then straight from there to jiu-jitsu practice. And it was really grueling, and I got sick a lot, but it was it was definitely worth it. Wow. I, I know you guys have some pretty intense – uh, workouts at autos, but uh-huh. um, I, I know the wrestling room is not a place that uh, most people go from there and then go to another place and, yeah, uh, and yeah. exercise later on. So uh, yeah, I think a lot of the grapplers that have done wrestling that was that was their time of intense exercise, uh-huh. uh, and I could I couldn't imagine going from a wrestling practice and going to a different sort of uh, physical activity. Yeah. Every I was just day. so in love with jujitsu because I was still just a year and a half in that I had to like. If I wasn't training, I wasn't. I did. I felt to myself I wasn't improving. Yeah, were you trying to kind of blend in jujitsu and make that work for your wrestling, or were you just doing wrestling and trying to learn it for? What oh it was? no, for sure, for sure, I was. I would like sometimes I would uh, let people not let people, but say I get taken down like a double leg, I would butterfly sweep them and like try these like different techniques, you know. But it, it worked well, but. Sometimes, of course, against the really advanced wrestlers, it didn't work. Connor, I still want to get to know you a little bit, like on the mat. Sure, sure. Uh, what kind of a style of game do you play? What are some of your maybe favorite techniques or positions? Um, I really uh, playing guard. I really enjoy X guard. I play a lot of single X, a lot of X guard. Uh, I actually, I actually learned a lot from uh, watching and uh, studying uh, Munchie or Mantra Care from Marcelo Garcia. Uh, I watch a lot of him. Or I used to watch a lot of him. Now I'm kind of developing my own. But um, and then on top, I really enjoy watching uh, Marilla Santana, and uh, I like to watch uh, Andre Galvao and uh, and these guys who who play like a very pressure like side smash like passing style that I I really I really enjoy and I love implementing into my game. Do you have a preference to play top or bottom, or is it? Um, currently, I definitely prefer to play top, just because. Uh, I feel like I've I've really like comes in my own in my passing game, and I'm able to pass uh, a lot of a lot of guards. Uh, so at the moment, for sure, top. And guard is so much work, uh, like fighting off somebody who's using gravity to their advantage, especially when you're like training with like Josh Hinger, who his passing is unreal, and it's just it's a always like a lose lose situation. <laughs> lose lose, and also learn. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of. <laughs> Are you doing mostly gi or no gi, or does that change from time to time? It does change. Uh, currently, uh, because we're preparing preparing uh, for Worlds, which is about eight weeks out. Um, uh, uh, currently, currently, it's mostly just gi. Um, I throw in a few no gi classes uh, here and there, like Tuesday and Thursday nights. I, I try to train no gi. Um, just. Uh, mix things up and not hate the gi but i definitely prefer training in the gi and then when nogi worlds comes around um we we switch competition class entirely to nogi which is very like a sad day for me when it's all nogi but i deal with it just uh kind of heads up to everybody listening uh we're actually recording this uh april 6th so uh talking about uh when world is happening uh, yeah, it sounds like you are getting ready for that and, and eager to, uh, to to get on that stage. Um, 
what have been some maybe some competition highlights that you've had so far? Um, within the past two years, I, I've really uh, uh, I've really won a lot. Um, I win a lot of. Uh, at first, I started winning a lot of uh, opens, just IBJF opens, and smaller tournaments. And then I like started racking up more and more. And then uh, as of recently, uh, I would say in November or whenever Nogi Worlds was uh, in 2016, I won double gold for blue belt. And then I uh, just recently, and I competed in uh, jujitsu.net tournaments. Which pay a good money, like they pay a thousand bucks for their prize, so that was really nice. And I won uh, every time I competed in there, the blue and purple belt challenge, and then also just the blue challenge, so that was nice. And then uh, just recently, just not two or three weeks ago, I won Pan Ams as well, so that was good. Wow, you've been busy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Are you? Uh, I don't. It's kind of uh, not a lot of people talk about you know the next belt, but are you eager to to get in there and mix it up with the purple belts? Oh, without a doubt. I've already, I've already competed against purple belts in, in the Dan Lucart, uh, challenge that I was just speaking of. But, uh, I'm definitely eager to, to get in with him even more. And then I also have, uh, Abu Dhabi. I, I won the trials, uh, in LA. So I have, uh, I'm going to Abu Dhabi actually next week, uh, to compete with, uh, with some of my teammates as well. Wow, that that'll be exciting and yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, when when Dominique said that you've been uh, really tearing it up, he was uh, he was speaking the truth. You you've been very yeah. busy and, and working very hard. Thank you. You have that coming up pretty quick here, and uh-huh. you've got worlds. What are maybe some of your more uh, longer term goals? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Um, a lot of people, of course, you say like, "Oh, I want to be black belt world champion, so and so," but um, I definitely want to be black belt world champion, and that's that's definitely my main goal. But uh, I kind of just want to win everything and uh, just compete, and never I don't ever want to get that burnout feeling that I got from soccer. So I want to like take everything as it comes. Uh, I, I try not to think about the future too much. It sounds like y- your burnout feeling with soccer was was that because of the sport or maybe more because of the coaching uh a little bit of both um a lot of the coaching just like i didn't have the the nicest not that they were mean not that they were mean but they uh they didn't coach me properly i guess you could say or the the way that uh i guess my personality needs to be coached so it i i uh like on the field, sometimes you make a mistake and then you get blasted for it, like yelled at. Like I just feel like that's the worst way to be coached because that just makes you. I basically, I, I basically developed this like fear of of taking a risk and doing things and making mistakes because I knew I would get blasted and and that made that made especially like uh, in games that made it so so hard to like uh, be comfortable. Because I was always on edge, like, oh, I can't make a mistake here. I can't make a mistake there because I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get yelled at by this guy. I'm going to get yelled at by this guy. And it was just, it was really, it was really like sad that I had like such love for the, for the game, I guess you could say. And I, I would, I, I trained for soccer religiously, just like I do for jujitsu. Um, I would, I would train by myself on the, on my concrete and just like juggle all day and just like, 
play around all day, but it just, it really killed me. Let's kind of compare that to the, the current coaching style that you're receiving now. Uh huh. Um, currently, uh, Andre, uh, Professor Andre, uh, got about, uh, super, super supportive. Not going to yell at you if you're, if you're messing up. Uh, always, always super encouraging. And always will like, you ask him a technique after class, like, Hey, what should I do here better? What should I do there? Always, always super helpful to, to, to help you. And, and during matches, like, say I, I do something wrong. There's, there's not going to be like, Oh my gosh, how, how dare you do that? What the, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's going to be like, All right, Connor, like, it's okay. Move on. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. It's much more, it's much more an encouraging, uh, support rather than this, like, I'm going to yell at you and hope you don't mess up again, you know? So I definitely prefer it a thousand times better. Yeah. And maybe there are some people that respond better to the, the kind of the, the intimidating and mean coach that you, yeah, yeah. but not many. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, different, different people respond differently to different things, but, uh, yeah, definitely that, and that's, I think, that type of a coach. Uh, clearly, you have an extraordinary coach there, but uh, uh-huh. jujitsu it seems to be more uh, that way, you know, more encouraging and more positive. Also, so. what I like is as well is that like it's a single, it's a it's a single person sport, you know. As well, although you do have like your team is helping you, but once you're like out there, it's all relying on you. Like in soccer, like if somebody plays you a bad pass, and like you have a bad touch or something. Um, like you, he kind of messed you up in a way, but of course, like it's your fault if you don't change the situation. But, uh, yeah. So I like how it's just all on you. Yeah. And that, that could be good or that could be bad, but, uh, mm-hmm. the weight is on your shoulders there. Uh, you've been winning a ton of tournaments. Uh, can you think of maybe when either a tournament or a match kind of didn't go your way and something you got from that, that was a positive in the long run? Before I started winning a lot, I guess you could say, I would fight. I would fight like really tough guys, and and I would like, for example, one guy that I fought. He was very, very good at uh, blitzing, blitzing me. I guess you could say. So I would pull guard, and he would just go crazy, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like unorthodox, like unorthodox style of his. Really, uh, really was hard for me, and I would lose to this guy multiple times, and. Um, now I feel like uh, I've I've developed uh, I guess a game that's that's very good at slowing people down, especially when I pull guard. So so definitely I've learned to, to slow people down from my mistake of letting people be so free and uh, free in passing my guard. So for sure I learned a lot. I think that's the thing that a lot of people have to deal with how to slow someone down. What uh, what are you doing differently now? If if, if someone's going crazy and trying to just burn past you what what are you dealing with that i really uh i really focus on controlling uh at least one pan pan grip uh like i'm a big fan of uh this this car that i play um it's it's a pant i i I create a i grab uh my opponent's right leg so i grab his his pant grip as if you're playing daily uh you just grab the pant grip i don't really play daily with it and then i use the collar grip i use a a cross side collar and I like to lift my opponent into, into my favorite position, which is, which is X card. So, and with, with any pan grip, if the guy can't break your grip and move around, uh, it's very difficult for them to, to go crazy and pass your guard. 
Yeah, that that is great advice. Uh, Connor, you've had a lot of experience even before uh, jiu-jitsu, just competing. Uh, I'm sure with soccer it was the same thing, like a little bit of nerves before a game. You know, you got a tough uh, soccer game coming up, and, and that's you know part of the process. H- how do you deal with a little bit of anxiety or ner- nerves before a competition? A lot of people say like they listen to music and things like that, but I, I try not to do that. I I don't really say that I, I deal with it. I just go along with it. I know it's really tough, especially I also have a lot of problems with nerves, especially when I, I like look at my bracket and I see like, Oh, this guy's tough. Like uh, I'm going to have to fight him. And then like a week before the tournament, I'm always like thinking like, Oh, I got to fight this guy. Oh, I got to fight this guy. But what's funny is every single time that I've, I've thought about that, that guy like ends up losing anyway. So <laughs> I don't even have to worry about him. It's such a, such a nice like release. Like when that happens, but, uh, even when I fight these guys that I know uh, that I know are good, I just I just know that that I train with these guys in my gym, like Dom Dominique Bell. Uh, like I train with so many high level guys at my gym, and if I'm able to even hit one technique on them, I know 100 percent that I'm going to hit this technique on these 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 guys that I'm going to face in competition. So I think that really calms my nerves, just knowing that that I train at literally one of the best gyms with some of the best guys. And it's, it's really, it's really helpful yeah. to know that. Yeah. And, and I think that's a tool that many people could use, even if we're not training at autos with all the uh, amazing athletes you have there. If you're in the blue belt division and you could occasionally hit a sweep on your uh-huh. coach, who's a black belt or a brown belt, uh, for sure, for sure, you can hit that sweep on any blue belt that's in that division. You know that that type of confidence a lot of people can get uh, without having to have the the world class set of instructors that you have uh, that you've gone there. So that's kind of I a cool. I actually think it it can be almost an advantage, uh, not an advantage, but definitely it can help you that if you're training with lower level guys all the time, your confidence skyrockets because you're constantly beating up all these guys and you go to competition like oh man i can i'm beating up everybody at the gym whereas when you're training at a very high level place you're getting beat up by a lot of guys of course you're beating up some guys but man you get beat up a lot by by a lot of guys and you're it, it can actually it can help you and it can hurt you because say you're getting beat up by a lot of black belts and everybody you're like oh man none of my stuff works none of my none, nothing's working and if, if if that's the only training that you had, you would you would think like you would go into the competition with very little confidence in anything that you try because you're constantly being shut down by these high level guys. So there's definitely a a negative and a positive to each type of training for sure. Yeah, and that confidence, your moves work regardless of whether you have the confidence or not. But but let's say you get mount or you get in a good position or you you have the opportunity for a good attack, uh-huh. and whether you pull the trigger or not at the right time. A lot of times that's confidence, and if you hesitate, that time could go away, and you'll miss that window opportunity just because of a little bit of lacking that confidence. So yeah, that's a good point you made. I agree heavily. Take me back a little bit more, uh, your history of moving. What was it like kind of getting used to training at uh, at Autos after you moved? So I moved from a good gym anyway, Um, but uh, the intensity was definitely different. so, and moving away from my family was tough too because I have to prepare my own meals. I have to do everything on my own. So that was hard. Um, 
but I would say the biggest uh, challenge would, uh, at least training-wise, was uh, just like a lot of times, or back home, I would, rather than force position, I would react off of other people's like attempts to force position. And, and from what I've learned a lot is that if you're not forcing your position, you're defending. And I've, I've really learned that from guys like Josh, uh, and Keenan and these guys like this, like they're constantly, constantly going for something. They never, 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 never stop. And also, uh, Lucas Barbosa, he's a prime example of this is like, even if, even if the moves that they're throwing out aren't the most technical thing in the world, um, like as long as they're they're moving and and constantly like trying something, you're constantly on the defensive, and that's that's what I learned is just like so vital, and that's what I try to implement every day is just like constantly attacking, constantly attacking. Because if you're defending, you're losing, and that's what I that's the main change that I've I've implemented into my game since I moved is constantly forcing position, constantly. Uh, constantly transitioning from one move to another, one move to another. And that's what, in the transitions that you find, like, uh, like say like you're knee cutting and the guy defends. Now you're going side smash and then the guy defends that. And then now you're Toriandoing and now, now you're over undering. And there's just so many, so many passes. And that's what I've learned mainly that, uh, you have to transition and you have to always be attacking. I've had similar experience, but on the other end, somebody who's attacking constantly some of the attacks may not be all that great but if i don't defend them they'll become great so i okay i have to defend this okay i keep going i have to defend this and you know time is going by and i'm not progressing i'm not doing anything that i want to do i'm just constantly trying to fend off uh, a barrage of things and it, it can be frustrating like this guy won't let it up you know and, and they have the gas tank to do that sort of thing so that's definitely a, a good way, and and it's great for that person too because they're getting in lots of reps and lots of practice at these different uh, techniques that they're working on. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned that uh, in, you come in in the the first class of the day and you do some drilling and then you roll. What is your, what is your drilling like? Personally, I hate drilling. Like I used to like it a lot when I first got here. Um, I would drill like for hours just because like oh this is really helping me. Um, but currently my drilling is, is, uh, like I drill for like an hour or so, sometimes even less because, uh, I really don't like it. But, um, my drilling currently is just, uh, like I drill my passes and my, my favorite passes, my favorite sweeps. And then, uh, what I really like to do during drilling is like explore something that I'm lacking. Like, for example, I feel personally right now I need, I have a I have a very good guard game and very a very systematic approach to guard, but I need one more thing, just one more thing to make it complete. So I'm constantly like searching for that that uh that next thing. So that's what I like to do during drilling a lot is just like experimenting with different grips here, different grips there. Oh, maybe I should play a spider guard here. Maybe I should do this here, and I that's what I mainly do currently. But I also like the the specific drilling where you're like. Where you ask your partner, "Hey, will you?" Where you start from a position, say, "Butterfly guard, you're on top." And you're like, you ask your partner, like, "Hey, will you try and lift me, like, say, 50%? Try and sweep me for like 50%." And then you, you do like your different, uh, your different techniques in order to to block that and pass this guard. 
So I like that kind of drilling as well. Um, but I, what I really, really don't like and what I, what I see a lot of people doing is that like, of course it's very good. Uh, and I used to do it as well. It's very good, uh, for learning this technique is that like slow, like lethargic, boring, like drilling where you just like, I make a grip here, I make a grip here. And then your partner, like maybe like 10%, like lets you get the sweep and, like it's just it's just uh, you watch it and oh it's, it's nice like he's doing this technique cool like people make technique videos about it all the time like oh I go here I go here I go here and I sweep the guy and but when it comes to rolling that just it just doesn't work like that all the time and uh, any any type of drilling and experimental process that can help me during rolling I like and I, I don't personally uh, think until once you learn the move uh, that drilling that slow lethargic like boring way is is helping you very much yeah that that's a fine way to actually uh, if you don't know how to do a technique to learn that technique because sure, you have to sure. do it correctly yeah yeah but if you're going to do that slow lethargic repetitive thing uh-huh. for 30 minutes yes it's boring yes it's really not uh, getting you to explore any options off of that and that sort of a thing as well. It sounds like you you like the type of drilling that that also engages your brain, not just your physical body and, uh-huh, and makes you sure. uh, makes your muscles work those uh paths, but uh it makes you think a little bit and that's what um that's a great thing about jiu-jitsu is that it's also a thinking uh, activity. Yeah, yeah. So sure. uh, yeah, you don't want to be bored <laughs> yeah, while I you're agree. drilling. I agree. I agree. So yeah, I definitely endorse that as a as a way to drill, and there's a time and place for both. You know, if you know the technique and you are doing it correctly, uh, you know, time to try to add a little resistance or to see what's yeah, after yeah. that move. But uh, sure. the the big thing is when you're doing the technique incorrectly and you think you're doing it right, that's then you're in trouble. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, Connor, uh, could you give uh, maybe some advice to the listeners about uh, if someone's going to do their first tournament, what they should be expecting, or or what what you would say to a fellow teammate that's going to do their first match? Sure. Sure. Um, I would say for my first tournament, uh, I wouldn't really worry about too much cause it's your first one, you know? And I would, I would think like, I would, I would think, okay, like what, what do I do at the gym? Uh, do I, do I enjoy playing guard? Do I enjoy playing top? And then I, I would also think like if I want to play top, if I enjoy playing top more, do I really, really have like a, an option to, to get this guy to pull guard rather than, ju- rather than just him pulling guard? So do I have a good takedown? Do I have something that can force him on the, force him to be, uh, be in guard? So I would definitely think of what I'm good at and what I can do. And then I would, uh, I would, I would say like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I would say, for example, uh, if I use myself, Say I'm doing my first tournament, I would say, okay, I really enjoy, I really enjoy playing guard and I know I can sweep, sweep the guy. So I would, I would go into the match and I would sweep the guy and then just see what, see what happens after that. Maybe I don't have the pass. Maybe like in a, a very new beginner doesn't have the best passing. So I would just go from, I would sweep the guy and then see what happens after that. Just, just try, just try what, try what you do at the gym and, uh, see how it goes. That's what I would say. Yeah, that, that's good advice, and I think anybody would do good for listening to that. You mentioned that uh, since the move, you know, it was a little tough adjusting, and, and one of the challenges was you now you have to 
prepare your own meals or at least find uh, food. Uh, uh-huh. and, and of course, you know, you're a serious athlete. So uh, food is an important thing. You can't just go uh-huh. pick up, uh, you know, pizza or a burger every night and, and call yeah. that a meal. So uh, it may seem a little off topic, but there's a lot of young athletes out there that are trying to eat healthy. What are some sure, things sure. that you've found that, that are uh, something that you could a prepare that's not too tough and, and sure. also healthy? Um, I wouldn't exactly say I eat the, the healthiest. Um, I definitely, uh, try to enjoy life a little and eat what I, what I like. But, uh, I would definitely say I don't, I don't, uh, go out to eat more than maybe three times a week, maybe four at tops. I try not to, but mostly just three. And, um, I would say personally, I, I like to cook, uh, I have a rice cooker, which is nice. And I like to cook a lot of rice. And then I, chicken is very easy to cook as well. So I, I go to Sprouts and I buy some, buy some chicken breasts and I, I buy actually a lot. I buy like $40 worth of chicken breasts, put half in the freezer and then I cook a lot of that. And then, uh, what I really like to cook is like, and then I also buy uh, green onions. Uh, green onions are really easy because you just chop them up and then throw them in whatever. And then, so I like to make like a rice, chicken and green onion kind of dish. Uh, which isn't probably the healthiest thing in the world, but it's not bad, you know. And when when you're training so much, like you need carbs and you need protein and you need these like heavy like ener- this big like you need this energy, you know. So I feel like why not? And then uh, also another meal that I make uh, that I actually made last night is I uh, I cut up a lot of potatoes, like four potatoes, and then I uh, I throw it in the throw it in the pan cook it up and then uh these are chopped potatoes of course and then i uh i cooked up some onions as well i'm a big fan of onions and then i and then i cooked up some chicken as well um and then i added all that together so that was good too and just like anything like chicken what i think of is like i need a protein i need a carb and i need a little bit of green you know or a little bit of like vegetable and i eat fruit all throughout the day apples bananas everything mostly just those two but a lot of those two and um so i those are basically my meals i just find like a meat uh a lot of carbs a lot a lot of carbs like a lot of pasta a lot of a lot of uh what's it called potatoes a lot of rice just those are my main three and then chicken sometimes if i'm feeling like feeling a little adventurous i'll buy some steak from the store and then uh and then just add like i also am a big fan of spinach I throw my spinach in almost everything except for rice, uh, whether it's uh, pasta or uh, I just throw it in with it in the pan and uh, try not to taste it. You know? Yeah, spinach uh, is great for that. It kind of just kind of wilts down and doesn't have a very strong uh, yeah, flavor. Exactly. And exactly. It's, uh, very good for you, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things that you mentioned on all that that I think is a tip for anybody who's in a similar situation as you, uh, cooking more than one meal at a time. So you like you cook uh-huh. a bunch of chicken at one time. That way, sure, sure. Uh, tomorrow, if you cook today, you're good for tomorrow and maybe even the next day. You've got food exactly. ready to go and you don't have to exactly. mess with it very much. Yeah. But I also like – I'll eat burgers from time to time. Like I'm not going to kill myself and say no burgers, no, no pizza, no this. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, at least like <clears throat> here in California, we have In-N-Out and that's always good. And uh, when it comes down to it, sure, maybe it has like some uh, some really fatty oils and maybe it's not the best fat. But when it comes down to it, you're training 
two three times a day you're burning so much is this really going to kill you to like eat this burger like no way and you need uh dom told me one time uh my roommate uh that like at times when you're craving something your body actually needs that like your body is actually craving this like your body actually needs this like protein and this carbs. Maybe that he said that's why you're possibly craving uh, this this food, which I don't know if is entirely true, but it sounds nice to me. <laughs> it might be true sometimes. I'm craving chocolate a lot of times, and I know my body doesn't need any of that or ice cream. But uh, yeah, if if you've gone a long time without having any uh, out of this category of food, and you're really craving it, maybe your body yeah, is yeah. missing something from that. Yeah, yeah, maybe your body is missing like sugar and like that that. That carbohydrate, maybe you need something like that. I don't know. Uh, Connor is talking about me uh, not missing sugar. <laughs> <My diet. laughs> but yeah, there might be something to that as far as a certain nutrient that's in something uh-huh. that you're that you may not For even sure. know you're missing, but that's For why sure. you, you end up craving it. So that's that's kind of a neat way to look at it. Yeah, that's how I look another at part it. of it is uh, you're a young guy, you're training uh, a lot, and you're able to yeah, kind of yeah. get away with some of those things where uh, maybe a less serious athlete that is. Uh, 10 or 20 years older than you uh, may have to be a little bit more careful with their diet. For sure, for sure. How many uh, hours a week do you think you're on the mat or in the gym training? Uh, I train about 10 classes a week, uh, sometimes 11. And then if we're not counting lifting, which takes a while just because it's so I'm so lazy when I do it, it ends up being like two hours. But uh, if it's just training, I would say if I'm just on mat wise, I would say two hours per class, so maybe twenty twenty hours, maybe maybe twenty five hours, maybe on the mat, maybe just twenty, probably twenty. Are you taking a certain day off every week, or how are you doing that? Um, during uh, during camps, uh, which we just started this week, um, a lot of times, uh, professor. Galau suggests that we take off uh, Wednesday morning. Actually, Wednesday entirely, but that's hard for me to do. But um, uh, I, I would say, like on the weekend, I literally do absolutely nothing. People say, "Oh, hey man, let's go to the beach." I'm like, "Uh, sorry, dude, I'm really tired," um, and and stuff like that. So on the weekends, I mostly get in all, all my rest that I that I feel like I need. Maybe I need more. But uh, I try to not think that way. And that could be the same thing as your body craving a certain nutrient. Your body says, uh-huh. "Hey, uh, Connor, we got to take a break, and we'll do better yeah, in the future." Yeah. yeah. Where, For yeah, sure. going to the beach might be fun, but uh, your body is telling you no. Yeah, yeah. And I'm only 20, so I can't really like accept these invitations. Hey, man, let's go, let's go party. Hey, man, let's go do this. So I'm just like, ah, oh, thanks, but I can't. Sorry, dude. Even though if I if I was 21 or whatever, I don't even think I would just because that's not really my, my personality to go do that. Well, and, and it seems like you are a goal-oriented person, and some of those things uh, may not destroy your goal, but they may uh, kind of make it a little bit harder to achieve. I agree, yeah. And when I when I see people like uh, – it's kind of sad that I do this, but when I see other people like partying and things like that, I, I really like – tell myself like Connor man you can't you can't do that like do you really like want what you're what you're searching for do you want it so much that you're that or do you not want it enough to like 
not go drinking and not like smoke this or uh, I just I try to stay away from it for sure. Not not judging anyone who does that, but I, I don't I don't personally personally do that, and I don't I don't like it. Jiu-jitsu is especially for competition. You're making sacrifices, and it sounds like mm-hmm. the beauty of it is you enjoy a lot of the sacrifices. You're training a ton. You're working hard. You're uh, you kind of getting on the mat and and going you know almost crazy with how much you're training. But uh-huh. other but you enjoy that, so that's at least nice. It's not something that you're pushing yeah, yourself yeah. and you're every day having to drag your butt into the under the mats and another day of doing this. But other things, other sacrifices are things you actually miss out on. I mean, yeah. that might be not being able to have as much fun on the weekend, or you yeah. know what, you're not as close to, as to your family as you uh, as you used to be. You moved across the country to train with these great uh, coaches and competitors, and yeah. so yeah, you're clearly making a lot of sacrifices for your jitsu, and that's just sounds like one of them. What makes it easy for me to like sacrifice a lot of the partying and things like that is like I've never really ta- I've never really had a taste of that life you know so i hope that if whenever i do taste that life whatever it is that i don't become addicted to something like that as well so that would be bad but we'll see in the future <laughs> just be a, just have a kind of a, a suspicious eye towards uh, a fellow uh, competitor who is yeah. like really wanting you to go out and have a good time <laughs> hey i'm gonna yeah. get connor to to be uh, to change up change up his uh, plan a little bit. <laughs> I hope not. I hope no, not. probably not. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, if you could think back uh, with your training or maybe your early competition, what frustrated you in the beginning, and how did you get past that? I would say what frustrated me at first is that the match starts, and you're kind of like, "Oh shit!" Like this match just started, you know, and like say the ref says come batch and then you grab a grip and you pull guard and then for that split second you're like oh shoot i'm i'm in a match like there's like you're you're fighting some other dude and you cannot lose like you have to win so that's kind of tough to to get by and at times in competition you kind of forget things that you do in training all the time like for example my first my very very first competition uh it was actually funny. I actually uh, uh, put some guy unconscious from like a triangle or something. But uh, anyway, I, I I remember in a separate match, I, I mounted some guy, and I had no idea what to do for mount. Even though I had drilled multiple things in, in training, like I knew I knew what to do for mount, but I had zero idea. I was trying to like choke this kid with with my forearm, just like driving my forearm into his into his neck, just like choke dude choke and then like you forget a lot of things in competition and that's kind of frustrating uh when that does happen but that was very early on and since then uh, i don't really i don't really have too many frustrations uh in competition is that that sort of kind of uh forgetfulness of what what you should be doing does that go away with experience uh, getting out there and competing a lot uh i think so for sure but um yeah, I think, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I would agree for sure. Connor, you, uh, you're a busy guy. You're accomplishing a lot, and you've got uh, a lot to accomplish still. That I, I know that you're going to uh, reach those goals you've set for yourself. Um, but you can't do it alone. You clearly have some support, some sponsors, and and some people helping you. Could you maybe t- tell us about those? Uh, yeah, I'm currently sponsored by uh, Hyperfly, which is a, a gay company. 
they, they, they definitely provide me with some super nice gears and gear and, and help me sometimes with, uh, tournaments as well. And then, um, my, uh, my professors, uh, Andre Gaval and Angelica and, uh, my old professor as well, uh, Rafael Zinno, who, who helps me and still helps me all the time. And, um, and all the, all the guys at Atos, everybody, everybody helps in my roommates and especially, especially like 1000%, I would not be able to do anything at all without my parents' support. So definitely a thousand percent to them, like thank them so much. And that's about it. What do your, your parents think about jujitsu? My parents, uh, my mom, she was a, she was an athlete as well. She, uh, she she was on a swimming scholarship at a WVU, so uh, that's West Virginia University, and um, and she understands it a lot more than my dad. My dad is actually a, uh, he's a dermatologist, so a skin doctor, and um, he uh, he definitely doesn't uh, like that I do it as much as my mom. My mom she's supportive. She may not understand everything, but she definitely understands that like due to her being uh, an athlete and uh, understanding those like those super tough times and the, the mental like insane mental uh, stress that you put yourself through uh, for every competition through every everything and my dad just he doesn't understand like oh why would you how would you do that you know when you can easily just go to school um, but uh, yeah uh, they they my mom my mom, they both like that I'm, that I'm doing it, but, uh, my mom is definitely more understanding, but, uh, both are still super, super awesome. Wow. They're both, sounds like they're both very supportive and yeah, yeah. just, and they really just want what's best for you. Uh, for even sure, if sometimes sure. they kind of, Hey, you know, try this out too, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My dad, my dad's favorite saying to me is like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But, uh, I feel like at times you, you have to. Unless, if you want to be successful, you kind of, you kind of have to. Yeah, no sometimes you add that basket is really good at jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, hey, Connor, how could somebody keep up with you? You're competing all the time. How could they watch what you're doing? What's the best way to do that? Uh, for sure, on Instagram, uh, Instagram is a good option. You can look me up, uh, Darren Connor DeAngelis. Uh, my Instagram name is uh, at uh, Con DeAngelis. So C O N. D E A N G E L I S, and then also on Facebook, I'll, I'll add anyone. Just just send me a friend request, and you can message me anytime you want. If you have any questions or anything like that, I'm super open to any messages at all. Even if you're Brazilian and don't even speak English, that's fine too. And uh, for sure, and and you can message me on Facebook, Instagram, doesn't even matter. You can look me up on Facebook. Uh, just type in Connor or Darren Connor DeAngelis, and you'll find me right there too. All right. And I'll put links to those on the show notes for everybody to find easily awesome. as well. Uh, Connor, it's been a pleasure. Do you have any final words for the audience? Uh, no, just thank you guys so much and look me up and follow follow what I do. All right. We will. And uh, excited to see what you're doing at Worlds here in a little bit. For sure. And Abu Dhabi. Yes. <laughs> All right. For well, sure. thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. All right. A big thank you to Connor DeAngelis for coming by, sharing what he's got going on and just, you know, it's fun to see that there are a lot of different uh, people doing jiu-jitsu. What he's doing is like nothing like my jiu-jitsu journey, and that's perfectly fine. You know, Gary and I really uh, have had vastly different experiences with jiu-jitsu than Connor. You know, he's 
you know, full-time jujitsu training. He left and moved to a, a new place, and this is his life now, and he's really going at it, and uh, that's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, follow him on social media. This will be a guy who it will be really fun to watch him as he comes through the ranks, I'd imagine, pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, just hearing his story, like you said, uh, you know, moving out and uh, training full time. And, you know, I think that's all of our goals. I, I wish I could train full time. That would, uh, so I'm going to live my life vicariously there through Connor. So thank you, Connor. Hey, I'd also like to bring up our, our Patreon supporters. Uh, Patreon is a website for content producers. It's a site you can go on to, uh, you know, look up BJJ Brick there. We have a link to it. And you can donate per show. Um, like we were talking about earlier with the audio book, uh, you know, the show does have some costs to put on it there. And uh, we do have some people who go in and uh, donate per show. Uh, you can donate, uh, you know, one time, once a month, or you can donate per show. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate, uh, you know, all of our content or all of our Patreon supporters. So, you know, help, uh, as I said before, keep this brick afloat. Yep means a ton to us and we'll probably be making some changes to patreon in the near future kind of just tweaking it a little bit making it a little easier for everybody but uh, if you want to get in on it now it might be beneficial to get on there before we make some changes so uh, check it out there's a link and a video in the show notes that describe patreon gary we've got an article this week and it is about you know kind of those struggles. The title is Seven Reasons Your Jiu-Jitsu Isn't Getting Better." It's on JujitsuBrotherhood.com, and uh, it, there's a lot going on in this article. It was written by somebody who claims to have had some you know some tough years after getting their black belt, and it just really not feeling like they make progress. And uh, this person is sharing uh, some of the uh, you know lessons learned. And the first thing on the list here. I think a pretty common one is you train too little. You know, he he mentions that some people train one or two times a week and they wonder why they're not getting better. And he even goes as far as saying that you can't really get better at one time a week. Yeah, personally, I uh, I disagree with that. If you train, you know, you have to train extra smart. You know, you have to really use your mat time very well. And you have to, you know, try to get a couple extra rolls in and that sort of thing. But if you're only able to make it once a week, I think you could you could get better as the weeks go by. But uh, this, you know, that, and that's you know, it's an individual thing as well. Maybe not everybody could, but I definitely have had weeks or a month where I've only been able to get in, you know, four or five times for the entire month, and I felt like my jiu-jitsu progressed as well. But uh, yeah, training too little—that's a big one. If you could bump it up a little bit, your training should uh, your increased training should help you to get better a little bit quicker. Yes, Byron. I was actually thinking about that too, where I thought, you know, I spent like a year to two years where I could only train like, I guess it was a year. I could only train uh, one day per month and uh, I definitely got better. But I started thinking about that. And, you know, I, I personally think that if you've trained a while, I think it's easier to get better, you know, training once a week. If, you, if you're newer to the sport, um, you know, I still think there's a lot to learn where, um, you know, training one a, once a week, you're probably, you know, like you said, you're going to forget some stuff and you're not going to retain it as well. Uh, but uh, number two, he talks about, uh, you know, training too much. Um, and, uh, you know, it does happen. You can train too much. And, you know, I like what he says. We tend to think if four times a week, uh, is good then training eight times a week is gooder if that's even a word um, but it definitely doesn't just work like this um, you know our bodies you know we're all a little bit different we, we all have you know a certain ability to recover and uh, if you start uh, you know doing more work than your body can recover 
the outcome isn't going to be very good. Um, so, you know, your training sessions and the intensity of training sessions aren't, you know, there's no set in stone. You, you've got to you've got to have some lighter days, some maybe just uh, drilling days, you know, uh, and some really tough days. And, and that way, uh, you know, you're going to have to experiment and find the line, you know, between too much and, uh, uh, you know, where your body can recover and you're, you're going to have a great attitude and uh, just keep improving. So definitely uh, watch out for training too much. Yeah. Going down the list here, this one will be a little controversial, I think. Uh, number three, your coach sucks. And uh, first off, you know, the first sentence is for the vast majority of people reading this, this is not an issue. And, you know, I travel around a little bit. And when I do, I'd like to, you know, try to go to some jujitsu gyms. And, and uh, hey, recently I went to uh, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas and uh, checked out, enrolled with Rolly Delgado. That was fun. But anyway, uh, yeah, your, your coach could suck, I guess. That's not really likely the case. Um, I, I guess there are, uh, there are coaches that aren't very good, it, but that could be made up for somewhat with a good team. So even if your coach is somewhat absent or you know not real professional, if your teammates are good, and that may be a tougher environment to, to create without a good coach, but you could rely quite a bit on your teammates. And, and you may not have the, the option to go you know, like leave across country and go to one of the best schools in the world at Autos, you know, like Connor did. But is your school the best school in your area? And if it is, that's your school. You know, there you go. Make it the best you can, you know, make the best with what you got. Uh, it doesn't mean because, you know, you your school is kind of small or your coach is uh, not very highly ranked. It doesn't mean to stop jujitsu. It just means to make the most of it. And you're just that much more important to your team. He does have some indicators here about whether your coach kind of sucks. Uh, one of his, when was the last time he sparred with you? Um, that one, you know, that, that's also a controversial topic. Uh, you know, we talked about Mike Tyson already. Gary brought him up once. Uh, do you think Mike Tyson's coach needs to get in there and spar with Mike Tyson to make him better? Uh, Gary, answer that question. What do you think? No, no, but he does hold pads for Mr. Tyson. Yeah, and he knows the game. He knows the sport. So yeah, if, old Teddy Atlas. If, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if your coach... Uh, knows what they're doing and they don't want to roll with you all the time that doesn't mean that you that doesn't mean your coach sucks you know if your coach is afraid to roll your to roll with you because they uh, are going to get injured you know that maybe they're a little older maybe they are you know protecting the injury you know or if they're afraid to roll with you because you're going to smash them well maybe they're not that good especially if you're on the newer side of things but uh, that's always a controversial thing whether your coach rolls with you or doesn't but uh, you know if your teammates are rolling with you you got those people as well but uh, yeah, sometimes that's a red flag if the coach is just avoiding uh, rolling with the students altogether. Yep. Uh, number four, you are not conditioned. Um, basically, uh, to learn well, well-conditioned athletes learn faster. They recover more quickly and are less likely to get injured. And, you know, when you're out there, you're just tired, you're, you're out of shape. And, and when I'm saying you're out of shape, don't use that as an excuse to not train. You're going to get in shape by training. Um, but, you know, we kind of go back to that once a week. If you're just training once a week and doing nothing on the side, um, you know, you're coming in and while you're rolling or, or drilling and, and you're just having trouble keeping up, you're, is you're not having fun because you're you're so out of shape. You're huffing and puffing, and and you're just not going to learn stuff. Um, 
you know, about that. So, you know, try to do a little extra on the side if you can't make it to class all the time. You know, try to get in a little bit better condition. Go for a run around the block, you know, uh, buy some kettlebells, swing them home, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, uh, do some plyometrics, you know, anything that'll, you know, help you. I mean, hit the heavy bag, um, you know, just about anything just to uh, make your heart beat a little bit faster, get in a little bit better shape. And and normally, if you're in better shape, you're, you're going to uh, learn a little bit better. So, uh Make sure you're you're conditioned. Yeah. Uh, going down the list here, I'll briefly touch on number five. You have no plan. So you're just throwing moves together. You really don't have any sort of organized uh, plan of attack or plan of defense. And this will really kind of hold you back because the, it's important that the moves you learn uh, complement each other. You know, so you're not – you know, trying to figure out how to do arm bars from mount, but you have no way to attain mount. You know, your your guard passing is really lacking, but you're just drilling arm bars from mount all the time. That's really not going to help you out a ton until you're able to pass, and you're not able to pass until you're able to get top. So you need to get a good takedown, or you need to have a sweep. And it, just to have those things go together, and it, it really works well if your if your sweep. Uh, flows well into your pass, you know, and if your pass sets up uh, a good transition, maybe for your attack, and if you can get those things to go together, that just your game plan will start to develop. So try to figure out a plan, try to figure out some of your best moves, figure out how to link them up together. And it really isn't that hard. And maybe you could even ask some of the more advanced students in your class if you're having trouble figuring out what to do next. Say, I end up here a lot. Where could I go? I'm good at these techniques. How could I get those to fit into the situation? And those sort of things. And that's, you know, the same thing. Your coach can help you with that. Or you just ask a fellow student who uh, seems to have it together a little bit more than you or maybe know a specific area better than you do and see what they have to say about that. Yep. Hey, number six, you're bored. You know, that happens to me a lot when I hang out with Byron. You know, I get bored. <laughs> He's just not a stimulating type of guy. Uh, but no, um, what the author talks about is, you know, you, you he doesn't necessarily believe in always constantly trying new stuff, which a lot of people say, hey, if you're bored, try new stuff. And and he goes on to say that he thinks too many uh, jiu-jitsu people, you know, we learn too many moves. We don't have the, the total understanding and depth and knowledge to that particular move. But where he's talking about boredom is, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, you're, you're going against a guy who's a little bit, you know, and you're, you're training partners, um, you're a higher skill level and, and you just do the scissor sweep over and over and over and over again on this person and you've hit it a hundred times. At that point, you become bored. Your, your desire to train and your game, you lose energy, your game stagnates. And, and basically, you know, there's so many, moves in this sport there's so many you know different ways to train there's so many tournaments around and and stuff to keep your game from you know from getting bored you know uh, tr and instead of just picking up new moves and just one after another you know go into a, a different understanding of it uh, you know uh, byron knows that you know back in the day um i probably spent a good year starting every every role and in the bottom of side mount and it was really a, just a, you know, I guess I was getting a little bit bored, but it, you know, it also really, you know, made it fun again. I was looking to, uh, I got my, uh, side, you know, side mount escapes, you know, very, very good after that year, uh, getting out of side mount. And, uh, you know, it's just, I 
tried something different. I, you know, each and every time I, I started in that position and, uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I like to, uh, you know, go for like a month or two and, and just really, really work on a position, um, work on a submission, a position or an escape. And, and I try to put myself in that position all the time and, uh, you know, try to get a really good understanding of that move. And, uh, so when you do get bored, you know, try something new, uh, you know, get a better understanding and, uh, you know, work with your coach. I, you know, have your coach help you out if uh, you don't know the move that well or, or have some of your advanced teammates or some of your teammates who are very good at that move. So, uh, definitely we do not want to be bored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary, I'm sorry about hanging out with you all the time, making you bored, man. I'd, uh, not what I'm That's trying okay. to do. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. At least I'm not giving you my cold today because we're uh, doing this over Skype. That way, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I give you some other kind of virus on the computer, but uh, not my cold that I'm fighting. Well, yeah, that's good. And the reason we do this over Skype is, to be honest, when I hang out with you, I get bored. So uh, I figured if we're on Skype, I won't get as bored. You know, that was my way of, uh, you know, changing stuff up. Yeah, we even have to do it just on the audio only because in video Skype, I see Gary's like reading books, watching TV, and he's bored right now, probably. Let me mute Gary like usual, and I'll just carry on. Uh, <laughs> the last one they have here on the list, and maybe Gary has something else uh, to say about uh, you know what reasons why you may not be getting better. But uh, you, you haven't zoomed out, and what they what do they mean by this? Well, you're not taking a longer term look at your progress, and they have two little uh, little charts here. One of them is kind of a graph of the the line gradually increasing with a few jumps, and then it you know keeps going up and just kind of making a general trend. And the other one is more like steps, you know, it goes up, you know, pretty sharply and then it levels off for a little while. It goes up again a little bit and it levels off and makes these little stair steps. So your actual development might be more like the stair steps than the gradual increase and you get better every day. You just got to make sure that you get as many of those stair steps as you can. But uh, it might just mean as you learn a, a relevant technique to your game or you really figure out you know, the fine details behind something that you almost had working, that day is a pretty big jump. So it may not be a gradual increase. It may be a, 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 a big jump, and then it kind of levels for a few days or a week or whatever, and then another big jump. And it's hard to tell, you know, what kind of a, a, a slope or steps you have going on, but uh, don't be that frustrated. Try not to, to decrease in your ability, and that's really, I think, pretty rare. But, uh, you know, just hang in there and, and keep looking for the next area of development for your game. And it might be more like stairs than just a gradual increase in every day getting slightly better. So, yeah, definitely uh, check out that article. We have a link to it in our show notes. And uh, basically your jiu-jitsu is going to get better if you follow that advice. Yeah. Another – I'll add number eight. <laughs> uh, you're always doing like the flavor of the month. And, you know, it's fun to explore different things and these new things that come out. But, you know, if maybe you're one of the people who every week is on YouTube or every day is on YouTube seeing what just happened in the tournament and then you're trying to figure it out, that's fine. But then tomorrow you do the same thing again. And then the next day and you have no consistency in your training, you're not actually learning anything. You're just kind of being exposed to something. There's a big difference between, uh, you know, seeing a technique and being aware of it and then having the knowledge of a technique, a deeper understanding of it. And so just constantly you know being on youtube and just being exposed to you know hundreds or thousands of techniques and just going over them in class thinking that this is the latest thing and greatest thing and then the next day you find something else i think that long term could really hold you back you know try to find a few parts of your game and really work on those and uh i think that's a pretty common one especially in this day and age with so much techniques out there 
Yep, and they, I'll add a number nine. Uh, you spend too much time listening to the BJJ yeah. podcast and not enough time on the mat. Yep, you need to get a uh, special headset or headphones that you could roll with. Uh, and we, we're making those. We're in the development process. They'll fit over cauliflower ear and everything. It's basically going to fit into your headgear. And uh, we yeah, have we, we thought. Yeah, we thought of everything. We're working on it. Uh, I'll add a number 10. You've got a cold and you can't go in and uh, and train because uh, you don't want to give it to everybody else. And if that's the case, just take the week or day or whatever, how long until it takes to get better. Take that time off, you know. Don't subject your teammates to that. They could be missing training time. They could be missing work. They could be missing school. Take the time off. Go do a couple laps around the block if you can or lift some weights. Do something else and uh, maybe just, you know, take a break. And uh, yep, don't and I'll add sick. A- yeah, and I'll add a number 11. You know, you have watched the Josh Hingerton DVD and you've been Hingertining, you know, everybody for the last, you know, or trying to Hingerton everybody for the last three months since you did get the DVD and your wrist hurts so bad that it's even hard to train right now. So, uh, you know, definitely do <laughs> not over Hingerton like I have. Not over Hingerton, no. That's that's uh that's a pretty good eleven there, Gary. I don't know why that one wasn't on the original list, but uh, but we've, we've added it. Yep, I've actually figured out my my wrists have been hurting both of them so bad for probably the last two months that you know I've actually been thinking about taking some time off and and I've realized you know it's just from choking and choking and choking. <laughs> I finally realized what it is. It's like I'm, I mean I guess that's a good problem to have, but it's uh, Gary, not when I'm lying around. It's uh. Try to keep yeah, the Byron. show a little bit cleaner than that, Gary. Byron, I wasn't going down that path. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep, keep talking, Byron. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, I'm the bad guy for bringing up what you just clearly said. <laughs> uh, but I, re- I, I really wish you and your wrists well. And, yeah. uh, you know, back off the choking a little bit, I guess, you know, and work on uh, some arm bars. Yeah, like that, I think Gary? I'll- yeah, yep. That'll <laughs> allow my wrist to, to heal. Man. Uh, okay. Uh, Gary, Hold unfortunately. On, I'm, just the, I'm just putting the lotion over the side. Just one sec. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got time yet to produce our next Matt Tales. Uh, kind of have one and a half in the working progress. I've uh, just been pretty busy. Like I mentioned, I was in uh, Arkansas and just did a week of traveling. We were able to keep the show coming out every week, but uh, you know, a few things got put on the back burners. And so hopefully soon uh, we'll get a new Matt Tales out for you. We have a really good one. And uh, But uh, yeah, that's on the agenda. But until then, Gary has an audiobook. He is really excited about this audiobook. It's coming out very soon. I don't know if it's a cookbook or what. It's uh, Mike Tyson's and Gary's cauliflower diet. No, Mike Tyson's and Gary's cauliflower cookbook for the grappler's ear. And there's a lot going on there, Gary. What's going on? Well, definitely. You know, we had to think about, you know, food and combat sports. You know, I tried to get George Foreman first, but uh, he was too busy with the grill. So uh, he wasn't available. And I thought about, you know, hey, I love cauliflower. You know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about cauliflower? Ears. Who's the, the athlete that you think about ears? Mike Tyson. So, you know, I, I called up Mike and, uh, you know, just wanted to see if he was available. And, you know, we put our heads together. You know, two great two great minds, uh, you know, going to produce something special. 
So, you know, we came out with, uh, you know, a book uh, about, you know, grappling and cauliflower ears. And uh, Byron, what was the name of the book again? Yeah, Gary, I hardly even remember because it was so jumbled of a title. Uh, the problem is I make up the title as I'm trying to say it. I think it was Gary and Mike Tyson's uh, cookbook for cauliflower ears or something like that. Okay, perfect. Because uh, what we're going to do is uh, one way to uh, get better is to eat healthy. And, you know, it starts off, we're going to, you know, have some great cauliflower recipes. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, everything like the good old cauliflower and jelly sandwich. You know, you've got your vegetables and you've got your fruit from the jelly. And, uh, Byron, you know, you can use jelly. You can also use jam. I mean, some of you guys don't know the difference between <laughs> jelly and jam. Byron, could you tell them the difference? Oh, Gary. Uh, I'll just say this. There are a couple of different differences. <laughs> uh, one of them you could Google with the word joke, and it probably will pop up. The other one is the consistency of the two. And uh, I think jam is kind of more smoother, Gary. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, maybe it's more processed. Yeah, but then we go on, you know, a little bit later on, you know, chapter seven and chapter eight, you know, we talk about how to use the ears against somebody in a regular fight. And, uh, you know, that's why I brought Mike in. You know, he is very intelligent on uh, ways to take people's ears off. And I mean, he's done it. He he's, has no problem. Uh, you know, we go over different ways to bite the ear. Do you want to use your incisors? Do you want to use your molars? Or do you want to use your vampire teeth? Uh, we talk about should you get your teeth replaced and put titanium fangs in, kind of like what they do with the dogs, military dogs, uh, to put the titanium fangs in. And, you know, I think that's a very good way to take somebody's ear off. But a lot of people don't have that that kind of money. So we talk about ways to get the money. You know, number one is a GoFundMe account. Number two, you know, is a bake sale. You know, we have already talked about how to cook cauliflower. So you have a cauliflower bake sale. Number three, lemonade stand. You know, what's more refreshing than a lemonade stand, especially since summer's coming? I mean, who doesn't love buying lemonade from, you know, just different people and then number four we actually bought byron in on this because byron is really good at this uh, what they do here in wichita kansas is uh, the firefighters you know stand there at an intersection on weekends with a boot and uh, have you put money in it and give you a sticker and uh, you know they get a lot of stickers so you know we're using byron for that so uh, you can get a lot of money that way so uh, you know just a great way to uh, to you know increase your revenue is that way um, but um, and that way you can, you know, get the titanium teeth replacements. So uh, definitely I think it's going to be a very good book, uh, especially with uh, Halloween coming up. Um, you know, the other thing about if you do get the titanium fang implants, you can be a werewolf for Halloween. You don't even need to get a costume. So you kill two birds with one stone. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, it's going to be out before Halloween. And uh, we think uh, everybody's going to enjoy it. It should be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, Gary, way to nail the timing. Halloween is just right around the corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a very good book. Gary, I said I hadn't had any pranks for you, but what you don't know, Gary, yes, is you have been talking in a non-positive way about Mike Tyson like for the last five minutes, and I'm yes. going to send him this clip. Sweet. So, uh, so you're in some trouble there, Gary. Yeah, I probably am. You and your ears. <laughs> yeah, but I... But- but I know his, uh, his uh, cousin, Pat. Oh, yeah. Good old Pat. He'll save you. Yep. So that's Gary's audiobook, 
wrapped up there. Check it out. It'll be out, you know, just really quickly right before Halloween in, uh, in about five months. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll be a very nice addition to anybody's audiobook library. Guaranteed, Gary. And it's a cookbook, yep. too. Yeah, cookbooks. I mean, you get kill uh, two birds with one stone. Gary, next week we have a gentleman named Greg Thompson on the show. Uh, he trains out of North Carolina. He trains a bunch of special forces. And, man, this was – I mentioned we get different types of conversations, you know, you know, Connor being a blue belt, and we get black belt competitors and coaches. This is a totally different conversation about uh, self-defense, about training, about military, using grappling sports and law enforcement, lots of stuff going on here. I had a blast talking to Greg uh, just a few days ago when we recorded this interview. And, uh, yeah, so definitely look forward to next week and our conversation with Greg Thompson. Also, don't forget to check us out on social media. Uh, we have a Facebook page uh, under BJJ Brick. Uh, Facebook, uh, we're really big there. Uh, Reddit, uh, we're on Twitter. Um, you know, just about every social media aspect around. Um, one thing that uh, is really getting popular reviews is is Byron has a bunch of uh, uh, Video reviews, DVD reviews, uh, technique uh, library reviews on um, on our uh, Facebook page. Um, so definitely check that out. It's a good way to uh, you know check out a uh, 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 instructional video before you buy it. You know, uh, kind of see what's there and uh, you know how it's helped Byron. And uh, um, so definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, tell your friends about it. You know, our, our best uh, marketing tool is you guys. Um, you, I know you uh, listen to the show because you like jujitsu because you definitely don't like listening to Byron and I. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I bet most of your friends like jujitsu. So let them know about it and uh, we would really appreciate that. Yep. If this is one of your favorite episodes, tell your friend, hey, download this episode. A lot of people, I think it's more than half, really don't know what a podcast is. I think Gary is in that category, and he's on one, which is pretty impressive for that guy. But uh, help them you know, download the proper app. You don't need to have an iPad or an iPod or whatever you got. You could have an Android device and still find podcasts. And uh, you know, it's easy to listen to things you know, while you're uh, driving or mowing or doing you know, house chores or whatever. Whatever. And once we get our uh, headgear uh, headphones, you know, you could even listen while you're grappling, get that Bluetooth connection thing figured out, which has been a little bit tricky. And uh, But anyway, a lot of people don't really know about uh, podcasts. Help them out. Tell them about the show if you think that they'll like it. If you are in the area of Wichita, Kansas, or traveling through and you want to train with us, uh, we'd be more than happy to. That is always a blast, Gary. We're looking forward to the summertime coming up soon. And we always have some visitors coming in and uh, getting some mat time with us. So uh, send us an email, bjjbrick at gmail.com for anything you need, including uh, to train with us or hit us up on the Facebook page. And we'll be happy to get some mat time with you, my friends. Yep, we've already uh, got scheduled our, our friend from Germany, Denise, uh, who was here last summer. Uh, she's going to come back again here. Uh, I think it's like a month, she said. Um, so looking forward to training with her for for a good uh, three, four weeks. Yep, all right, Denise. And, uh, you know, she just uh, recently got her blue belt, and I was a little shocked. Last time I rolled, there was no heat. And I'm like, oh, man, Denise, she's a, she's a good blue belt. It's not like it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she is doing awesome, and we're looking forward to getting some time in with you, Denise. Uh, check us out next time. Stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. And don't let Gary bite on your ears and cook them. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Pat Tyson turned out to be a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the androgynous name. Gotcha. (laughs) I was like, yep. Looks, goes that way for me all the time. (laughs) 